Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, folks, to another exciting edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And happy belated 2016th birthday, America. We did it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, you'll discover the error. I hope so. Uh, if you don't get the error, then... Big stupid. Go back to school. <laughs> uh, so how's it going? It's going okay. Yeah. It's better than you, it sounds like. Yeah. That's been a rough few days got a uh, wisdom tooth out as you know this is now the tony's dental work podcast (laughs) apparently every fucking episode we got to hear about you getting drilled in the face (laughs) repeatedly oh god uh we have fun on on the show we have fun um yeah a wisdom tooth out um I wasn't going to do it for a couple more weeks. Uh, well, it's like I, I went in to go have some fillings done, and he wanted to pull it then. But I was like, uh, no. <laughs> you didn't tell me about this ahead of time. No. I'm not mentally prepared. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I had said that I was going to be out of work for that day. I hadn't planned to be out of work the next day. Um, and... uh yeah, it's just like you know, it, it, I mean, it wasn't bothering me or anything. It's just no, just just leave it. We'll 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 do that next time. How about that? Um, and uh, I went in and like had the fillings done, and he he like had to do a filling behind my third molar. Third molar, right? behind my last like real molar not my wisdom tooth okay <laughs> like on the back side of it so in order to get to it since he was going to pull it anyway he just drilled into my wisdom tooth ah. and uh you know made it easier for him to get the filling in uh and like a couple of days after that my wisdom tooth started bothering me you don't say <laughs> yeah I'm like shit and like i was on a seriously around the clock uh, regimen of ibuprofen like I was like it was getting to the point where I was starting to worry about my liver and my kidneys <laughs> um, so yeah eventually I just I, I called the dentist and I said look this is I was gonna wait until my next appointment which is in a couple weeks now um, but I, I can't do it right, this needs to come out now and this was a Saturday when I called I said okay well we've got an appointment on Friday like, oh okay so I'll just do this for another week. <laughs> um, you know, what's one more week when I've already done it for two or three or something? Anyway, so I went in. And they gave me a prescription of Xanax. So I was doing good. Sometimes you get nervous on airplanes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you look different. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like, it's amazing what a mil, you know, a milligram that doesn't sound like much, but a milligram of Xanax had me like feeling real you good. You were Zen? Yeah. Like I didn't worry about shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of the, the Nick Swartzen bit 
where he's talking about how much cooler he is when he's drunk. <laughs> it's like, if I'm sober and someone's like, hey, Nick, your car's on fire. I'm like, fuck, who did it? <laughs> when I'm drunk, I'm like, good, fuck my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, like, have you ever had a tooth pulled before? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that bad. I, don't know, I was knocked out. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was like, no, I don't want to know anything that's going on. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I was awake, but like, I, I, I didn't give a shit about nothing. <laughs> um, you're yeah. like, good, fuck that tooth. <laughs> yeah. Get it out. Let's do it. Because last, like, he gave me Xanax last time too, but it was only half a mil. Mm. And like, I sat down. I'm like, all right, let's let's do these fillings. Let's get it done. And he's like, so what we're gonna do is get do some fillings. We're going to pull a wisdom tooth. And I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> Pump the brakes there, soldier. Um, and, uh, yeah, that extra half a mil was just, just that sweet spot, I guess. <laughs> my sister drove me, or my sister and my brother-in-law, because they both came. It was a, it was a family affair, I guess. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, my sister was talking to me, and, like, just from my apartment to the doctor's office about half an hour, 40 minutes. Um, like just in the, in that time she was talking to me and she's like, I can tell that you're gradually getting more and more fucked up. <laughs> Mike, that's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay with that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, I got there. The whole thing took maybe 20 minutes, like in and out of the chair real quick. Uh, I was, it was all right. And I was lucky because I all my wisdom teeth are erupted. Yeah. And they're not impacted. Um, so it was just like pulling any other tooth. I mean, some people go their whole lives with them. Yeah. I still have mine. Some people's never, they, they never even uh, start to grow out. Or like some people yeah. are born without them. Those are the lucky ones. Yeah. I'm um, born with no wisdom teeth, no appendix. All that superfluous stuff. Just don't don't even bother. Right? What's this evolution I hear so much about? <laughs> All this shit we get removed anyway. Why are we still born with it? Um, Fucking gallbladders and shit. Right? The stuff that can kill you if, it, if something goes wrong. Yeah. Just just take it. Like, maybe you should just go in, go in and have them taken out just preemptively. Like how like some women will have their have their breasts removed because they have a... Like a history of genetic or a genetic history of uh, breast cancer, like maybe maybe they just do something like that, just, or just like you know when when you're a baby, sure, just you know when they're cutting off your dick skin, just have them take out all your appendix and shit while they're there. <laughs> they actually, like my brother, they took his out because he had a blockage his appendix. Yeah, uh, he had a blockage in his intestine, like when he was born, <clears throat> or shortly after he was born. So they had to go and get like, they had to surgically clear, clear that out, but they took his appendix out at the same time, if I'm not mistaken. Just because they were in there? Or? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> while we're in there, we'll take care of this too. Like working on a car or something. Like when you're putting together an Ikea piece, you're <laughs> like, this is, I don't need this. Just... <laughs> like, well, we were under the hood and we noticed that you had a bad appendix too. So we're going to, we just took that out for you. <laughs> That'll be an extra $5,000. Um, it always scares me when mechanics do that. It's like, oh yeah, there's we had all these leftover pieces. <laughs> Wait, no, 
You put those back where you found them. <laughs> I don't care if you tape them <laughs> under the hood. They're going back in. I don't know what they are, so I want them in there. <laughs> uh, like, one time I had to replace a uh, a window in my old car, my, my old Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> Some fucker threw a rock through it. Jesus. Did I not tell you about that? I don't think so. Yeah, some dickhead who was a boyfriend of my neighbor across the street. This was when I still lived in my parents' house. Like, I, I would park out on the street, and, like, it was a pretty quiet neighborhood. Knew most of my neighbors. Never had, like, never had issues. There were never cops there at, in front of anybody's house. Nothing like that. So I'd just leave my iPod in there. I mean, these, these you know. He broke your window over a fucking iPod? Yeah, he threw a fucking rock through my window. And stole my iPod. Fuck's sake. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I had to replace that window, and I had to pull the door panel off, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm putting everything back together, and I've got all these, like, these plastic snap bolts mm-hmm. that are that are supposed to go back in. And I've got, like, three of them left over. I'm like, I have no idea where these go. <laughs> I know they were in there to begin with, but the, the holes must have healed up or something <laughs> healed up i hope, it's like, hope it's like, those aren't necessary for anything it's like when you take out a piercing and then you can't get it back yeah because <laughs> that happens with metal right. oh christ um yeah anyway so i've been on the mend uh i just had my first like like real food this just 20 minutes ago um well, quote unquote real food. It was Taco Bell. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had some burritos up until this point for the last couple of days. I've had, I've made my meals exclusively out of like oatmeal. Applesauce. Um, no, not applesauce. I didn't, never got any applesauce, but I like yogurt. Um, uh, what else? Soup. Um, and I actually had a Jack in the Box shake for dinner the other night. <laughs> that was my dinner. I went and got myself a shake from. Emerald City Smoothie the other day, though. So that was kind of like a meal. A liquid meal. (laughs) More so than a Jack in the Box one, anyways. Sure. It had like 700 calories in it, so. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I got a hole in my mouth. Hoping that it doesn't, that I don't get dry sockets, because I hear that's a bitch. (laughs) Um, Other than that, just taking a lot of pain pills and living living the dream, you know? (laughs) And then I got to go back in eventually and have the other three pulled, so. Great success. Great success. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> uh, I don't have to do any of that. I mean, I maybe I will someday. I'll still have all my wisdom teeth, but they don't bother me anymore, so. They used to, like, bother me, like, once every six months because they would go up and down. Mm. So it was like when they, would start push, when they would start pushing up again, it would bother me. But now they, they, they stop doing that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, like... This other wisdom tooth over here, um, it was bothering me a lot, and then it stopped bothering me. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I was reading because I knew it was like, like decaying because it was like starting to break apart and stuff. That's never good. No, but it stopped hurting. I'm like, all the nerves were dead. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I'm like, oh well, all right. <laughs> uh Anyway, so um, what, what, what have you been up to? No, nothing. No, okay. <laughs> Fourth of July tomorrow. Um, I mean, 
obviously it would have been two days ago by the time you're hearing this, but what are your plans? I think I'm just going to go up on my roof, watch the fireworks from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Nothing exciting. Cool. Not working. That's that's the most exciting part of my week. <laughs> right. Yeah, my wife's gone for a week. My wife? My wife. She's not home. It's great success. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, it's just me and the dog. Just me and my dog. <laughs> it's too old for crows. Look at him. Look at his stupid face. Oh, no. Now he's coming over here. Talking about me, guys? Duh. <laughs> stupid, crazy eyes. Uh, yeah. Probably going to my parents' house, uh, doing my brother-in-law's like birthday dinner. Because we, went, we had like a birthday weekend for him last weekend. No, weekend before last. Now we're having like his actual birthday dinner on 4th of July. Uh, we're making... Chicken and waffles. Nice. Yeah. I'm hoping that I can eat them. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm tapped out, I guess. So if you have nothing else. Yeah, I really don't. Horror business. Starting out with real world horror, uh, somewhere in Muscatine County, Speaking Iowa. Speaking of real world, oh, so like none of the businesses in Capitol Hill will let them film there. <laughs> it's awesome. I know. Like at first, it was just the one guy who owns like six bars or something, but now mm-hmm. there's like all the businesses on the block where they're living are like no. Yeah, but I guess they're speaking again of chicken and waffles. I guess they were at Captain Black's on Friday night. Oh, they, are they already filming? Yeah. Oh. So I was really tempted to just go there and like whip my dick out and just stay on the background. <laughs> my dick! <laughs> I didn't, though. Just start doing the helicopter dance. And then like last night, there was just like people screaming out outside my apartment. Lynn was like, is that the real world? And I was like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> is it some dumb, drunk, blonde bimbo? Then yeah, probably. And apparently they're like returfing the, the park across the street. They're, There's a park across the street? Yeah. Oh, past the light rail? Yeah. Okay. They're like redoing the, the play field there. Like mm-hmm. the, they're, they're doing it. The real world people are doing it. Oh, really? And there was a, okay. a quote. In that's the, their job? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess they're working at The Stranger. Oh. but uh, that's, the, uh, that's upsetting. Okay. There was an article online and the, the Kirstine, one of the girls. That's uh, not a name. That's, <laughs> no, okay. that's like you misspelled Christine. Right. But are she you, was like, we really wanted to do this. I mean, we were told we had to do it, but after we were told we had to do it, then we decided we really wanted to do it. <laughs> like, I hate you so much. You are the worst thing <laughs> on the planet. And the, the, the best part about all the businesses telling them no is that their producers were like, yeah, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we don't know how we're still on the air either. <laughs> Was there? They didn't have real world for like years, didn't they? Apparently they have. Apparently they're in like their 30th season or something. Wow. See, I, I could have sworn. Like, I mean, I don't fucking watch MTV. My my wife watches Catfish and what's that, what's that show? <sighs> Awkward. Oh. She watches those and that's like pretty much all we have to do with MTV in our house. Um. 
But I could have sworn that real world just stopped. Nope, apparently like not. Road rules. I don't think, not. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fucking care. Yeah, I don't either. I, other than them like invading my backyard. Right. Yeah, sh- one of the business owners was like, it goes against everything I believe in as a human being. <laughs> you know what you should do? You should go to the park and just take a big fat shit right in front of them, <laughs> like on the grass. Like find out the last place that they laid sod and just drop a duke right there. <laughs> just like... <sighs> and then drag your ass on the ground like a dog. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But, you're gonna, but you are going to go take the shit. Well, it's all fenced off, so I can't. Oh. I know. Anyway. Anyways, back to the, <laughs> back to the back to story. Real world horror uh, in Muscatine County, Iowa. Apparently a bunch of people are seeing some uh, men in black. Not Will Smith. So just Tommy Lee Jones. Or, or Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> just ripped torn. <laughs> Crazy ripped torn. Um, uh, yeah, seeing some mysterious men in black standing in the roadways. Ominous. That's weird. What yes. are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing there in the roadways? <laughs> uh, RJ Strong of Port Louisa uh, posted on Facebook that he saw some weirdo walking down the paved road. The You know, the one. Yeah. You, you remember that one paved road they put down a couple years ago? Apparently in Port Louisa, Iowa, there is a paved road. <laughs> he was walking down the street in a black trench coat. Uh-oh. What is he even doing in that black trench coat? Why is he on the paved road and not the path? <laughs> oh. Pedestrians are not allowed on the paved road. Uh, I guess this is not this is not an isolated incident. Several people have seen him. Uh, they told uh, KWQC. I'm assuming that's a TV station. TV or radio, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, these same individuals have been spotted walking across homeowners' yards. Although the Muscatine County Sheriff's Office Facebook post does not mention sightings on private property. It kind of reminds me of the, the meat thing in North Carolina that we reported on a while back. Yeah. It's probably just like a collection of weird little teenagers that just they wear black trench coats. Probably. Of course, there were some troubled youths that did that in the 90s, too. In Colorado. Yeah. So That didn't work out so well. No, not for anyone. Yeah. Um, what are they doing on the roads? That's my question. What are they doing in the roadways, man? <laughs> I don't know. What? Cause what? It's, apparently, some of them are just like standing there. I, I, this is probably just a big prank. Like it could very well be just guys standing around being creeps, or or if you've seen City of Angels with Nicolas Cage, soundtracked by Goo Goo Dolls. You know that angels wear black trench coats. So, and didn't Michael wear a black trench coat? In Michael, he, the, the Travolta Michael, the Travolta angel. Yes, uh, it was not black. I don't think, but he wore a trench coat. Yeah, and uh, maybe the archangels were black ones. Mm, yeah, 
So maybe it's angels. <laughs> maybe it's angels. <laughs> it's probably angels. Let's be real. There we go. Solved it. Done. <laughs> You're welcome, Iowa. <laughs> the check is in the mail. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, what would you do? Uh, just give him the finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd honk. Just how really loud. Like, hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> And then he would just shed a single tear and throw a bag of garbage at him. In his face. <laughs> his stupid face. Uh, dumb angels. <laughs> stupid, dumb archangels. What are they even doing? All right. Anything else? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like the ghost of someone that was in a traffic collision. Ooh, that's a... Well... I guess they didn't really say specifically how many there were, so I'd say that was a lot of uh, ghosts. But maybe it's a very dangerous roadway. Go 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 ghost! Go 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 ghost! Row row, row row. Let's talk about something else. with local ties to us uh, Michael Sheen is set to write direct and star in the movie Green River Killer this is based on the Seattle based serial killer Gary Ridgway back in the 90s Tony remember Gary Ridgway yes I do remember when they found the bodies in Enumclaw vaguely that was quite the stir (laughs) I'll bet I'll bet it was almost as bad as when people were caught fucking horses well this was before that so well you know Somebody had to outdo Gary Ridgway. <laughs> I don't want this town to be known for a serial killer. I'm going to fuck this horse. Uh, the script is based on a graphic novel by Jeff Jensen and Jonathan Chase. Uh, the film tells the story of... Why, the- why, why is it based on a graphic novel? And not the actual events? Yeah, I mean, this is something that really happened. <laughs> there are real life factual events that occurred that they could make a movie about yeah why do something that's obviously going to be i mean because it's a graphic novel obviously very dramatized dramatic 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 yeah okay dramatic 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 (laughs) 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 that's one of those words (laughs) roads roods are you still on drugs? <laughs> no. Like I said, I got hydrocodone, and that just it makes me go memey. It's like I just <laughs> it's just out like a light when I take that. I think I still have some of that too. Uh, you know, for when Metallica goes on tour. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife's doctor gave me uh, gave her not gave me <laughs> that, that would be shady. Uh, <laughs> But she, uh, she's just like, all right, here's your prescription. Tony, here's a little something for you. <laughs> Thanks, doctor. Wink. Uh. <laughs> but no, she, uh, they, he gave her Percocet. <laughs> Give me some fucking Percocet. <laughs> um, because, uh, he suspects that she grinds her teeth oh, yeah. and, and like clenches her jaw while she sleeps. So she wakes up with headaches all the time. So 
Yeah, I do that too. Really? Yeah. Not in my sleep. Like I do it. I just I'll find myself clenching my jaw at random times. I'm like, stop doing that. It might be a stress issue. That you need I think to it think is. Think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need a new job. <laughs> you do need a new job. <laughs> anyway, uh, did I mention we're on Patreon? <laughs> you know, you can tighten that. Yeah, it's, it's not falling. It's just oh. I'm just adjusting. Uh, the film tells the story of the relationship between Tom Jensen, who spent two decades looking for the Green River Killer, and Ridgeway. The two men were forced to live and work together in a dark alliance to uncover the truth. Wait. What? Did I, I miss something here? <laughs> this detective lived with the killer in order to, to uncover the truth. It was one day Ridgeway was just like, bro, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Look. We've lived together for a while now. We've all had a laugh. <laughs> it's time for me to tell you the truth. I feel like there's something you should know. <laughs> uh, said Sheen, this is a dark story, but one that ultimately finds hope and meaning in that darkness. The story of Tom and Gary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like one, it sounds like Tom and Jerry. And two, it just sounds like a sitcom. Yeah, is is that what the movie's gonna be called? Tom and Gary? I think it's just called Green River Killer, but Oh wow. Well. Okay. Uh like if they like if they tried to make some kind of slapstick movie <laughs> out of the Green River Killer, some people might be upset. Probably, yeah. But probably only, people I know. Right. <laughs> because Enumclaw. Uh the story of Tom and Gary and how they are bound together in this pulled me in from the beginning and wouldn't let it go. Wouldn't let go. I hope that by now, bringing it to life on screen can make audiences feel the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Sheen, who is not related to the Estevezes, um, he's British, right? Yeah. He's a really good actor. But he doesn't look anything like Gary Ridgway. No, but I, I thought that too. But I mean... You put, you put a, somebody in, in glasses and give him a mustache, I mean... He's going to look like a creep. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. Was like, I know that he was... Ridgeway was a suspect at one point, but like they stopped considering him for some reason. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I don't know the finer details. The initial investigation took place before I even lived here. So, um, um, did he didn't turn himself in? Did he? No. Like they found. God, I'm trying to remember something happened. Damn near twenty years ago. Um. Or was it that long ago? I don't know. Probably, yeah. My grasp on time is tenuous. Um, I think they discovered new bodies or something. Yeah. And th- they had evidence that led them. Okay, that sounds to right. Him. That sounds right. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much of a horror this is going to be, or if it's going to be more of like it. It sounds like it's going to be similar to Black Dahlia. Yeah. Which I thought was going to be like this horror movie, but it turned out to be this like detective noir movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I mean, David Sheen, I have, or it's not David Sheen, sorry. Martin uh, Sheen. Martin Sheen. No, not Charlie Martin Sheen. Sheen. Stop it. Michael Sheen. <laughs> Michael Sheen. Uh, real solid actor. Like he, He's very dynamic, too. I've seen him play several different. Isn't he the guy that played Wesley Snipes on 30 Rock? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was also... Uh, first thing i ever saw him in was in uh, underworld he was lucian like mm. the head werewolf but he also played david frost and frost frost nixon mm. um and uh he's, he's on uh, masters of sex right now yeah that's he right plays, uh, willie masters um yeah he's, he's just a really good actor so i i have complete faith in him and uh he's he's a pretty good director too from what i understand <laughs> what has he directed um let me take a look. Oh, maybe he hasn't directed. I could have sworn he had. Huh? My mistake. But he does appear to be a pretty prolific actor. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I assume this will be filmed in Vancouver. Probably. And uh, no word yet on any kind of... Uh, when they're going to start filming or anything, as far as I know, Sheen is the only one attached. Unless, mm-hmm. you know, other than producers and stuff, but as far as like actual cast. Right. I don't know. Could be cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be an audience for real life or, you know, true crime films. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would be interested in this just because, like, I remember this happening. It happened in my backyard. Yeah. And you know they made a sort of a movie. Well, as a more of a, a, a TV miniseries, sort of about yeah. this. It was about um, them. It was about the the police or the FBI. I can't remember which. Uh, consulting with Ted Bundy to try and find the Green River Killer. Did that happen? Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I doubt it was much like it. They presented it. Oh, I'm but, sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's the it's kind of like a real life Silence of the Lambs yeah, type thing. That's just what I was thinking. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Could be cool. <laughs> Remember how we were talking about how Mike Flanagan might direct Halloween? I do remember. He's not going to. Oh. He's not directing it. Oh. <laughs> so get over it. Move on with your life. Adam Wingard, Adam Wingard, Adam Wingard. <laughs> uh, he, according to iHorror, um, and I guess maybe an interview he did with them. Yeah, it was an ex- exclusive interview with iHorror. Oh. Fancy. Yeah, iHorror getting fancy exclusive interviews. How fancy for them fancy pants we get exclusive interviews they just don't ever amount to anything right not that we don't love each and every person that's been on this show it's just we don't it's just fucking luchigor will not tell us what they're doing and it's driving me insane (laughs) um flanagan he said that uh he already made his halloween with hush get the fuck out of here hush was Good, but Hush was why he was in talks for Halloween. Right. It's not your Halloween. Don't don't give me that. I hate when people say that. It's like, oh well this is my, you know <clears throat> reference to other famous This media. is my Schindler's list. <laughs> it's like fuck off. Uh yeah. 
So, um, yeah, it's like Hush was good, but it was no Halloween. Yeah. I mean, like, you know better than anyone that I'm kind of a, a medium fan of Halloween to begin with, but. It transcended the genre. It really did. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, granted, in this day and age, is much, much harder to do, but. Sure. Uh, he said that Halloween's a perfect film, one of his all-time favorites, and that any attempt to recreate it would, wouldn't, like, it wouldn't be an improvement and there'd be no point. So at least he gets it. <laughs> yeah. He gets it about Although remakes. We, we still don't really know if this is a remake or a, a sequel. Right. Because... Because Carpenter, Carpenter called it a sequel. Yeah. Fucker. Uh, but I think Tommy Blum called it a reboot. Well, Carpenter basically called it both, if you remember. Oh, that's right. Said, I'm going to make the 10th in a series <clears throat> and try to make it scarier. Than, I, I don't know. I can't remember. But so whatever it was that he said definitely made you think both things. But this quote from Flanagan makes it sound much more like it's a re remake or reboot or reimagining or re whatever the fuck we're calling him now. Right. Yeah, so they're meeting with a lot of people uh, because they're looking to find the right director. Adam Wingard, Adam Wingard, Adam Wingard. Which would not be me. So uh, is there a right director Adam at Wingard. <laughs> okay, we get it. <laughs> hey, Taylor, who do you want to direct this? Adam Wingard. <laughs> what if I told you that Adam Wingard was not directing this? I would be highly disappointed. <laughs> and my, my second vote would probably be Mike Flanagan. Uh, he he said uh, getting Carpenter on board was a smart thing to do, so I think they're off to a good start. Halloween and The Thing are the two most influential films of my life. Really? I mean, I I definitely see some Halloween influence in like especially Hush. Uh, I can't think of anything he's made that makes me. Well, I don't know. The The tone of, of Oculus is somewhat similar to the thing. Just tonally. Obviously, the, the content is extremely different, but... Uh, I don't know. I guess. I mean, I never really would, would have drawn the comparison. No, I wouldn't without it being pointed out to me, but... I suppose. Um, uh, one of the reasons I did the Ouija film was because I was excited about getting the chance to improve on the first film. You can't do that with Halloween, and I wouldn't want to try. See? He understands. That's a low bar, though. Trying to improve on the first Ouija film? Well, sure. But improve... I really wanted to improve on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mostly mean improving on the original Halloween. And this goes goes back to our, our whole argument about remakes in general. Yeah. It's like, if you can't make it better than the first one if you can't guarantee that people are like as a whole are going to enjoy this more than the original then don't fucking bother yeah and he gets it well good for him now he can make way for Adam Wingard <laughs> um like you can definitely see a very thick Halloween inspiration in your next sure and there's a giant Halloween 3 reference in The Guest. I haven't seen The Guest, so... Oh, it's so good. Really? Yeah. 
It's, keep, more, it's more like thriller than horror, but it's still really good. I keep seeing it on Netflix, and I just kind of flip past it. But do it, <laughs> do it. Okay, okay. And he's working on uh, on Death Note that just started filming. Death Note. Yeah, it's like a, uh, it's a it's an adaptation of like a, a Magna cartoon or something. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. That's, that's, they've been working on that for years at this point, haven't they? I don't know if it's been years, but... They're trying to at least get it off the ground or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, that just started filming. So. Ah. And The Woods comes out later this year, and I'm fucking stoked for that. That looks so good. The Woods. I can't remember if I've seen a trailer for that or not. Well, if you haven't, you should. Okay. It's, it's him and Barrett's new one. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed that Flanagan's not going to do it, but it, it does sound like his reasons are, are good. Would you have preferred Flanagan over Wingard? No. No? I, I, I just think Wingard is a better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily that he's a better director, but I, I think he... Because Flanagan does a lot more with supernatural kind of stuff. Yeah. Oculus, Ouija, Before I Wake. Um, whereas I think Wingard is, is better suited for the slasher genre. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, I mean, just with your next, I mean, that, that speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I don't have anything else to say. Adam Wingard. Quite. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is my story, isn't it? Yep. Uh, uh, there's a new new movie coming out that's adapting a graphic novel called Alistair Arcane. Uh, it's going to be a script written by John Croker, who wrote The Woman in Black Two. Uh, it's going to be directed by Eli Roth, starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> so that's that's the interesting pair that Tony was talking about. Yeah. Um, I don't know how serious of a movie it's going to be. Um, the, the last serious movie, at least at least like a dark serious movie that I can think of with Jim Carrey was the number 23, and that was not a good movie. You didn't like number 23? I did not. No. You no. did? I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but it was, it was all right. I mean, I wouldn't, like, I don't know. If somebody was like, oh, I was, I was going to watch the number 23, you so see, you know, what do you think? I'd be like, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but I wouldn't be like, don't fucking watch that movie. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, I haven't seen it in a while. I'd have to watch it again to even guess why I like, well, like is even a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have an issue with it. I mean, I know that it was pretty universally disliked. But yeah, but so was Cable Guy. So what the fuck do people know? Sure. So it's the Truman Show. I mean, I, I like the Truman Show, or not Truman Show. Uh, oh, what was that movie he did where he had an amnesia? He, he was an actor, but um, oh, uh, the Majestic. Oh, I never saw that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, people just fucking loved a batch on that movie, and I didn't really have a problem with it. I think it was, I think at the time when it came out, people were still not keen on a 
on a dramatic Jim Carrey, and so people just shit all over it. Which was the that was the big issue with Cable Guy too. Was people like it's way too dark for Jim Carrey. It's like heaven forbid the man have range. Yeah, dude's a good actor. I mean, let him let him fly free. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I never. I didn't have. I didn't recall having a problem with number twenty three. And the, you know, the creepy thing was like anybody that see that movie knows that there's the whole theme of the movie is just always like the fucking everything in life has this connection to the number 23. Right. And it's like driving his character insane. <laughs> I went and saw it with my dad and we like, it's, I think it started at like, like two twenty three or something like that. I think that's when it started. And then when we leave, we pull out of the theater parking lot onto 23rd Avenue. <laughs> And it's just all this weird shit just happening in sequence. I'm like, oh my god, what's? <laughs> it's real. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyways, like I said, this is a graphic novel uh, written by Steve Niles in 2004. Uh, it tells the story of a Los Angeles weatherman named Alistair Green who returns to his hometown in Oklahoma to host a midnight horror show, a la Elvira. Oklahoma, where'd you get that? Uh, it's, it's. I read it somewhere. Oh. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sleeping down the plains. Yep. You, you know that one. Yes. I know Oklahoma all too well. <laughs> they have my basketball team. <laughs> uh, under the guise of a mad scientist named Alistair Arcane. There's there's the name. Uh, there it is. Yep. Got it. Uh, Green performed uh, little skits until the local sponsors balked at the gore. Oh, okay. I guess that's up Eli Roth's alley then. Sure. Hopefully he actually does it well and actually like puts some fucking gore in the movie. Yeah, he's... I've made this made this argument before. He's so good at gore, but he just doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, where was all the gore in Green Inferno? Yeah. That should have been a fucking gore fest. Yeah, there should have been few scenes without gore in that movie. Yes. But there was so much without and uh, the gore that there was was underwhelming. Yes. And then knock knock. It was just it was just a bad movie. Just didn't do. Uh, after an incident with two kids leads him to be put on trial, break uh, breaking his spirit and into an early grave. Not long after, grisly activities begin to occur, and only the kids have the power to thwart the curse he has laid upon their town. So it's the Goonies. It's Monster Squad. Monster Squad? Monster Squad and the Goonies? <laughs> Monster Goonies. Monster Goonies. Monster Goons. It's the Mooney Squad. Moonies. <laughs> All right. Kids, saving the world. Yeah, that's that's the part that gives me pause. Mm, yeah. I hear gore. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Tell me more. And then they say, oh, the kids solved the case. And you go, oh. <laughs> And your boner goes away. Or comes back because you're a sick fuck. (laughs) Quit projecting, Tony. Projecting. (laughs) Yep, that's me. Tony's projecting his boner onto me. (laughs) Now I have this vision of like you doing shadow puppets with your boner. (laughs) Hey, Taylor. Taylor, look at this. Look. Look. It's a dick. <laughs> Look, it's a snake. 
Now it's a worm. <laughs> now it's <laughs> Axel Rose. <laughs> now it's a World War II fighter pilot. <laughs> That's actually really impressive, Tony. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff from graphic novels I'm noticing. Indeed. That's that's some that's a thing. That is the thing that's happening in the world. <laughs> so uh, maybe we should write a graphic novel. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess. Quit writing these bullshit scripts. Yep. Nobody cares. Yeah. Just write some graphic novels. Just draw some pictures. <laughs> draw some draw some boobs. <laughs> draw the women with big heaving breasts. <laughs> Why are none of the women in your graphic novel wearing clothes? <laughs> what are you talking about? Because they're women. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I can't laugh too hard. I have to keep checking for a bloody taste in my mouth. Because <laughs> I don't want to lose my blood clot. Right. Maybe you should smoke a doobie. No, I can't smoke for like seven days. I thought you didn't smoke anymore. I don't. But if I did, it wouldn't be for seven days. Anyway. Uh, moving on, I guess? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Unless there's more. Uh, not that I know of. Okay. Every breath you take something new and exciting a Stephen King work is getting adapted oh really yeah I mean how often does that happen anymore he doesn't write that many books so it's really interesting <laughs> something of his would get adapted uh, it's being uh, it's based on a novella he published in 1982 called The Breathing Method uh, it's being adapted in a TV show uh, it tells the bizarrely romantic and heartbreaking story of an elderly Manhattan doctor who recounts his long ago encounter with a pregnant woman who is determined to give birth to her illegitimate child despite being poor and having no family. Uh, as the doctor teaches the woman his unique breathing method to help her get through childbirth, he falls in love with her. Huh. What? That doesn't sound like Stephen King at all. No! <laughs> Unless, like, the baby's, like, a mutant or something, or, like, Hellspawn. Rosemary's baby type stuff. Yeah, uh, there's got to be something more to that. I don't know. Uh, I guess the uh, series will focus on the relationship between the doctor and the woman, which begins uh, in the 1930s, which leaves lots of room to explore the relationship between the doctor and the woman's child, a boy. Boy. Phantasm. Angus Grimm. R.I.P. One love. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Oh. Wait, okay. Uh, possible spoiler alerts, I guess. 
Uh, when she goes into labor, is on the way to the hospital on an icy winter night. Her taxi crashes and she is depacketated. <laughs> yep. I was just reading that here. Uh, McCarran arrives at the crash site and realizes that the patient is somehow still alive. Oh. The lungs in her decapitated body are still pumping air as her head, several feet away, is working to sustain the breathing method so that the baby can be born. McCarran manages to deliver the infant alive and well. That sounds like something out of like a scary stories book. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. And it looks like the doctor continues to raise the child. Yep. That. See, you can't. You can't develop. How is this a TV show? How is this going to last more than one season? Well, see, like that's like look look at this description. It's going from after the kid is born and like growing into a man. Who gives a shit? Right. It's like after some. Depacketated woman is still breathing and supplying air to her unborn infant. Uh, it's fucking springs, man. I know. Um, it's like beyond that, that's that's where the story should end, as I'm sure it does in the novella. <laughs> but it, yeah, I don't know. No network is currently attached because that's how they do things now. Yeah, you just make shows for on spec. Yeah. Uh huh. And here's the worst news of all: Tommy Blum is attached <laughs> oh, to no. produce or develop or whatever whatever develop means. He should just develop TV shows so he can make them all PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, he's better suited for TV, I guess. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've never even heard of this story, so I can't really speak on it. So well, apparently, it's like part of a larger story called the the winter something that doesn't help you nope he i mean he releases a like, winter's tale okay that might be like a collection of novellas yeah i think so but this is like the late the last one to be uh adapted all the others have already been adapted hmm. i wonder if that has anything to do with the the dollar baby thing that he does maybe because, like, when I when I first heard of that and I started looking into all of his, like, novellas, I was discovering that a lot of them, like, most of them have been made into, like, short films already. Okay, so the... It's part of a, a series called Different Seasons. And uh, the other works are Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Uh, Apt Pupil. And the body, which of course was adapted into Stand by Me, which is a great fucking movie. Right, and that pupil was a movie too, of course. Yeah, and then Shawshank Redemption was. Yes, was Shawshank Redemption. I love I love uh, Stephen King's universe because like so much, so so many of his stories include references to Shawshank. Yeah, like because you know. Ninety-eight percent of his stories take place in Maine, and like Shawshank is like the state prison in Maine. In his stories, so anyway, <clears throat> um, I don't know. This sounds dumb. I don't care about this. Yeah, it sounds like they're making like some kind of like coming of age story out of what sounds very supernatural in 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 context. 
Um, so it's kind of, yeah, dumb. Yeah. Fucking TV, man. Fucking Tommy Blum. So there's been rumors ever since it was canceled that Hannibal might return. Uh, and there's more. <laughs> there's more? Uh, creator Brian Fuller, who is... Do we know if he's related to, to Brad Full of Shit? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, he said to Collider, the cast is game, I'm game, it's just a matter of finding the right time where everybody's schedule syncs up, but I would love to continue to tell the story with Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen. They're such fantastic collaborators, and it was one of the most satisfying actor-showrunner relationships I've ever had in the industry. So I would love to continue this story. He seems to be... More non-news. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't seem to be noticing the fact that the, the, the one channel that had them canceled it. So I haven't heard a lot of other networks like kicking each other over to pick it up. Yeah. I would think, like, I feel like this would be perfect for Hulu, though. I guess, or Netflix. Maybe. I mean, well, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter which. Um, I know they were talking to Amazon, because they had, like, the exclusive yeah, rights that's right. or something. that's right, yeah. Um. So, I don't know, that may be a better likelihood. I guess. Uh, He goes on to say, two years after the last airing of the show, we can investigate our options. August 2017 is when we can actually start talking about it. That's when we would have to see what the rights are for the character and for the story and see who's interested and how we get it done. I have the story and the cast is excited for the story, so we're ready to go if somebody wants to go. He also said that a feature film is a possibility, but he would rather continue the series. Which is good, because they already made a feature film. Right. Or six, or how many there were. Twelve. All. Four. Nine. Just so many. They just made them and made them. Like, there was the one where he had the hat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't... I don't really see the point. I mean, I know a lot of people were upset that Hannibal was canceled, but it was... I was surprised. I wouldn't say I was upset. Yeah, but, I mean, it had this, like, this really passionate, small audience. That's the problem, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to have to come back somewhere, like, probably at a very significantly reduced budget. And I can't imagine it had that big of a budget to begin with. Yeah. So, I don't know. What was it? it was on ABC? NBC. NBC. Which was weird. Like, that was a weird place for it to be. Yeah. Um, I was surprised I how much they actually, like, got away with, considering it was on NBC. Yeah. You know, NBC, I can remember talking about this here on the show. That they were trying to do, like, this this horror thing. That just never really came to fruition. Yeah, I mean they. I mean they still have Grimm, 
which classifying that as horror, horror is kind of a stretch. Um, and, you know, they had Hannibal and they had Dracula for a season before they canceled that. And then there was talks of them doing like a Wolfman show right, too. Yeah. Um, and that never came to pass. So I'm, I mean, they must have just abandoned their whole horror block. Sounds like it. Idea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. Anyway. Anyway. So in our graphic novel, <laughs> you think we should just like have some dudes hanging dong for the ladies too, since we're going to have all these naked women running around or. Yeah. And you know, we could like, you're drawing that though. I'm not drawing dongs. <sighs> all right. I'm just going to draw like a lot of veins. <laughs> Because that's what women like. They like, <laughs> they like, they like a very veiny dick. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, just, that's just nature. <laughs> With these big, giant overhead, or oversized purple heads on them. <laughs> that's what they like. <laughs> I'm told. Oh? <laughs> By whom? You know, ladies. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to do it for horror business. Right. <laughs> uh, I, uh, let, look, we know those stories sucked. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of we a... We were talking about it before we started recording, but there was, there was slim pickings this, you know, these last two weeks. Yeah, you know, they can't all be winners. I mean, we've been going for almost three years with this show, and, you know, sometimes we have lame news. <laughs> right. Hopefully, it was, it was at least... A little enjoyable. Because we're funny. Yeah. We are funny. No, no. We're funny. I just said we're funny. I'm not talking to you. Oh. I'm talking to them. Laugh, damn it. <laughs> anyway, um, so no interview this week. Uh, so we'll just go right into our film reviews. Okay, so we've got two reviews for that ass. Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Oh, you know I want to do Neon Demon. <laughs> okay, I thought you might want to save that one. Nope, fuck it. Right. I see 20 or 30 girls come in here every day. From small towns. With big dreams. Some girls crack under the pressure. You, you're going to be great. What's it feel like to walk into a room? It's like in the middle of winter. You're the sun. everything. You know what my mother used to call me? Dangerous. <laughs> You're a dangerous girl. She was right. I am dangerous.
Okay, so Neon Demon is a movie that came out this year. <laughs> I'm not even hiding. From Nicholas Winding. 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 Ruffin. Ruffin. Um. Okay. So... L. Fanning plays Jesse. She's a Poorly. model. What? Poorly. Poorly. Really? Did you think she was that bad? I did. I thought she was fucking stiff as three-day-old bread. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, sure. Um, she's significantly less creepy-looking than her sister. That's true. You know... Uh, when Dakota Fanning was a little girl, like like little girl, like I am Sam, she had those those big giant eyes, and it's like she's gonna be interesting looking when she grows <laughs> up, and she's kind of creepy looking now. <laughs> but Elle Fanning, she's much more adorable. Um, she plays Jesse, who's sixteen years old apparently. How old is Elle Fanning for real? Uh, I think she's 19. 1998. So 18. 18. Uh, she, she came from fucking somewhere. Nobody knows. Fucking Iowa where they have one paved street. <laughs> Angels. They got an angel problem. <laughs> angel infestation. <laughs> She moves to L.A. to pursue this modeling career, and she, I don't know, like, she starts this whirlwind career, I guess, like... And then nothing fucking happens for about an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) And then a bunch of weird shit happens. I'm gonna gonna go ahead and just put this out here right now. I don't give a shit if we spoil this movie, because I'm not gonna recommend anyone see this. I would actually recommend no one see this. Okay. I would actively tell people not to watch this movie because it is a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad movie. It was I'll, really fucking put bad. put that out there. So if you want to spoil it, I don't fucking care. Okay. Well. Spoiler alerts then. Let's just uh, let's just start from the beginning. All right. Um, so I don't really know Refn's work that well. I know, I know he did drive. Uh, yeah, and, like, it's my understanding that he, like, that wasn't even, like, his movie, I think. And I, I could be wrong. Did he this. write Neon Demon? Yes. Okay. Um. So, like, he, like I was reading, like, I think he f- kind of fell ass backwards into directing Drive, which I'm pretty sure he didn't write. But it doesn't fucking matter because this movie was like some fucked up shitty attempt to be Stanley Kubrick or Dario Argento. Hmm. I had thought about Argento. I did get Kubrick and uh God, who was there was somebody else that I felt really strongly towards, but I can't remember who it was now. Couldn't say. Those are the two that came to mind. Like, it started out 
like having like it seemed like it could have potential, but this is before anything did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Um like the imagery was really intense. Like okay, the goods, this movie is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's very very like like his it, use of color and shapes is phenomenal. Mhm. And, and he does a lot of, like, angles, even though, you know, like, 40% of the movie takes place on a fucking mirror. Yeah. What's with all the mirrors? Too much mirrors. Yeah. I, too I much with the mirrors. Just, it's, let's settle down on the Always mirrors. with the fucking mirrors. Nicholas, too many mirrors. Um, But it's a, it's a beautifully done movie. Yeah. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. And it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, well, no, okay, that's not fair. It does make sense. But it doesn't make sense in the context that, like, you, like you said, you're sitting there for, through a fucking two-hour-long movie and waiting for something to happen. And every time something happens where you're like, okay, now we're going somewhere. Nope. Wrong. Uh-uh. Sorry. 25 more minutes of nothing. Yeah. And, like, I was so fucking pissed because I spent 12 fucking dollars to see that goddamn movie because, you know, th- this should have been a fucking red flag. It's like there were two theaters down here in my area that were showing it. They stopped showing it on Thursday. Like they had just started showing it like two weeks ago. Um, we should have went and saw Swiss Army Man instead. <laughs> um, so I have to drive up to fucking Seattle to see it. Like I didn't like I, I went and saw it yesterday. Um, I didn't want to go because I felt like shit. My head hurt. And I didn't want to be driving to fucking Seattle on a Saturday night. But I did it anyway. Spent $10. For you people. <laughs> spent $10 for parking. And I spent 12 for a fucking movie ticket. And in hindsight, I wouldn't have spent 12 cents on this. No, it's bad. This was... It's a waste of time. Oh, my God. So, sat down. And, yeah. And because I've been taking uh, pain pills and I've been... You know, as a result, I've been drinking a lot of just fluid in general. I'm having to piss like every half hour. <laughs> so I'm sitting through this goddamn two-hour movie having to piss the entire time. And I don't want to get up because I'm worried that I'm going to miss the point when something actually happens. And nothing ever happens. Right, so, yeah. So yeah, Jesse gets, she gets to L.A. And she is immediately just like everyone is just all over her. Yeah, she's just swept up because she's so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, she's like the most gorgeous thing that anybody's ever seen. Um, and she's like not having to jump through all the hoops that a lot of models do, which is starting to kind of start to draw the, the envy and, and, and uh, what's the word? Ire. Yes, ire, thank you, of uh, other models. Um, it's, you know, it's just like how you expect. She just she starts getting really vain. And really into herself because everybody tells keeps telling her how beautiful she is. I did like when she went and saw Christina Hendricks, who was the owner or CEO or whatever of this modeling agency. Yeah. And she's telling her that, like, you know, just because you go to the mall and some boy named Chad tells you that you're out. <laughs> it works in the food court. <laughs> I like to turn to my girlfriend. I was like, hey, some guy named Chad. Chad's. <laughs> Chad's again. She's like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> she's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and all I could think it was Tony would appreciate it. 
Um, yeah, yeah, she's 16 and she's, you know. Uh, and nobody has a problem with that. And she stays in this hotel. There's a, uh, uh, you know, apparently Keanu doesn't care how old you are as long as you pay in cash. Right. Apparently she's. Is Keanu good in this? Or is he just, is he just better than Knock Knock? He's not bad. Okay. Like I was like I was gonna say that at some point. Like he is the best part about this movie. He has a very small role. Yeah. Like he has. And he rapes a thirteen-year-old. He duh. It's implied. Is it a thirteen-year-old? I mean, is it? Yeah, because he says two fourteen, which would be the room right next to hers. She's in two twelve though. Yeah. There's a thirteen in between. Wouldn't thirteen be below? No, that'd be one. Oh, I guess you're right. I mean. As far as the numbering standards that I know, but somebody in two thirteen got raped. It could be two eleven, or two eleven. Excuse me. My I apologies just, to the, the girl. The fact in that he specifically brought up the girl in two fourteen just kind of made me assume that it, that was it. Could have was, but who knows? Real lowly to shit. <laughs> he's a fuck, but he's a he's a creep for he, sure. He has probably a collective. Maybe 10 minutes screen time. Maybe. Probably not even. Um, But, like, seriously, he's, like, the best part about this movie because everyone else is just intolerable. Well, the the guy that's into into her, he's, he's okay, but he's kind of like this big love-struck wuss. He's got to be at least, like, 20, 21, and he has no problem... Like being so in, like infatuated with the sixteen-year-old. Well, he did for a second when she first told him how old she was. Yeah, and then she. And he like, was like, "Oh, I gotta go." Her, her, just kidding. Let's fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Christina Hendricks. You know, when she, I assume she finds out how old she is. She tells her she tells her she's still working on graduating high school. Well, she gave her her license. Oh, that's true. So I assume she can do math. Um, and uh, so I mean, she's got to know she's 16. And like I said, nobody has a fucking problem with this. Well, she tells her, tell everyone you're 19. Right. <laughs> but she's not 19. No. She's a little baby person. Yeah. Um. So there's just like a lot of like statutory things going on. Just, you know, exploitation of a minor, that yeah. type of stuff. And then creepy guy from Dexter, uh, what was his name? That's where I recognize that guy from. Yeah. Uh, his name was Jack in this. Yak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Desmond Harrington, that's a uh who the fuck did he play? Uh Jack. Oh, yeah. Played Jack. On Dexter, shut up. Oh, I don't give a shit about Dexter. On, uh, he's Joey Quinn. All right. Yes. Anyway, uh, he played some fucking, I don't know, was he creepy or was he just an asshole? He was creepy, but not in like a darkly creepy way, just in like a very like, uh, very like self-serving, very um, arrogant Douchey. Douchey, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Photographer. Right, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's a, a fashion photographer. Yeah, and apparently he's like hot shit in the industry. Yeah. Uh, and like, 
apparently he like only works for like a select few girls or something. Yeah. And so when when people find out, or when other models find out, particularly um, was it um, Gigi and Sarah? Sarah. Uh, they are two models that spend a lot of time with Ruby, who is a makeup artist that she meets on a set. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she's Ruby's played by Jenna Malone. Uh, Gigi's Bella Heathcote, who. Oh, what was she in? The only thing I can think of is Dark Shadows. What else was she in? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Okay. Never saw it, but sure. Um, oh, she was in The Curse of Downers Grove. Oh, right. Okay, that's why I recognized her. It's like I knew I'd seen her in something recently, but I couldn't think of what. Okay. Well, um, and how about Ruby, man? What the fuck was her deal? Right off the bat, you can tell there's something weird going on. Like, it's, it's you know, obviously they're jealous of her. They're skeptical of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't turn into anything for an hour and 45 minutes. Right. Yeah, I think things start to kind of come apart when Ruby starts... She tries to make a move on Jesse, and Jesse's just like, uh. Like way at the end of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. That That's when things start to unravel, <laughs> at the end of the movie. Um, There's a couple points where you're like, like, like I said earlier, like you're going, okay, something has happened. This is going to turn into more, but there's not. Yeah. The, the first of which is she goes back to her hotel room, and there's a fucking cougar in right. her hotel room. Just, and you're like, okay, what's the story with the cougar? I don't. I still don't know. <laughs> well, it's Pasadena. It's really close to the mountains, so maybe it crossed the freeway and got into her motel. Crossed the freeway, went into Pasadena, and got into her, into her motel room. But the thing is, at the end, when they go to that to Ruby's house, that's not Ruby's house. There's all these like taxidermied wildcats around. Sure. So there's. Some kind of connection, but what it is is not clearly defined. Yeah, I mean, like, I would say that any connection was so vague that it, like, I couldn't even draw one. Yeah, but it was, it was mostly the, the connection was that I saw these taxidermy wildcats and went, oh, they're going to explain what the cougar was, but they, they fucking didn't. No. Um, yeah, so Jenna Malone's a creep, Bella Heathcote and Abby Lee are bitches and well then like there's a, there's another part where uh sarah loses her mind because jesse gets this uh runway gig over her yeah so she like freaks out and smashes a mirror jesse comes in and talks to her and ends up cutting herself on the broken glass sarah grabs her hand and starts drinking the blood yeah and that's when you think okay yeah now we're going somewhere but again no, no. Didn't happen. Nothing, nothing happens. <sighs> um, yeah. So. And then, spoiler alert, at the end, they kill Jesse, which right before they kill her, there's a part where she's like standing on this diving board and she starts talking about how like 
my mother always said I'm a dangerous girl and I know how pretty I am and what's so wrong with that? And you start thinking, okay, maybe she's the creeper here. Maybe she's the one that's like, she's the neon demon or whatever. Yeah. But no, no, no twist. Sorry. It's just exactly what you expect. Yeah. Bitches just pull her, push her into an empty pool and then eat her. Right. So that happens. But you don't see it. No. But then, then they, they bathe in her blood. Yeah. So, I mean, the one upside. And then I thought the movie would be over. And it's not. No. There's still like another 20 minutes after that. And I don't care about any of it. There was so many parts where I was like, seriously, it's still not over? <laughs> yeah, so they, I mean, the eater and then things start to you happen. Eater? <laughs> yep. To the bone. Um, then things start happening, like Jenna Malone, she has this... First she goes and lays in a shallow grave. Right. And then she's like, I don't know, like she's like, she's in this house that I, I don't get it, I don't, she says it's not her house, but then it is, and then all this shit, I don't know. She lays down in this empty room in, like, the moonlight. She's fucking buck naked. And then there's, like, this spread eagle shot. You can't really see anything, though, because it's blacked out. But because the shadows, shadows, yeah. But it's, like, camera's, like, tracking forward into, like, the center of her crotch. And then just the period from hell. Yeah, like it was so much that I thought she might have been peeing. I thought that's what it was at first too, but then I like the the light kind of shined off of it, and I could see that it was red. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I I don't know. And then Gigi throws up eyeballs, and, and then Sarah eats the eyeball, and then it's over. Yep, that's the end of the movie. That's. That's my $12 right there. Like, I was trying to piece it together as best I could. I was wondering, like, are they vampires? And because vampires are known to be able to turn into wolves. So I was thinking maybe there was like a new take on vampires where instead of a wolf, it turned into a, into a wildcat. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm reaching. I'm grasping at straws. Yeah, I have you're no trying idea. to make sense of it. Yeah. Um. Like I, I don't, I don't even, I can't even like describe this movie accurately because it was, so, it made absolutely no fucking sense. There's like nothing to to grasp onto. And like the whole scene with the, uh, the the runway thing. I don't know what the fuck that was. She's standing on the runway, and all of a sudden there's like a triforce. All she can see <laughs> is a triforce in front of her, and then she's like watching herself make out with herself. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? I feel like I'm having a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where, like, a lot of this, like I said, a lot of this imagery that was very reminiscent of uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Um. Like, I mean, like, bright lights. Bright lights! Yes. Uh, bright lights and um, just we- weird imagery, loud synthesized music. I did like the music. 
Yeah, and you know, it reminded me, that's that's another thing that reminded me a lot of Kubrick. It it made me think a lot of um uh Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Um It sounded very reminiscent of like Disaster Piece and it follows too. Sure, yeah. Um But it's like the whole time it's just like what what the fuck is going on? Like why am I watching this? Yeah. And it was like you said that your your girlfriend was like deeply offended by the whole thing. Yeah, she told me she almost walked out three times. She was like, I was ready to just leave you there and just walk out. And see, like, you know, as women, I don't think we can fully appreciate that. Sure. Wait, no, we're not women. <laughs> as not women. As not women. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> we 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 can't appreciate that. Uh well I mean we can appreciate it and not fully understand it, I guess. I'm trying to think of what she said the three parts were. I don't remember what the first one was. The second one was when Kiana was raping the girl in the room next to her and she wasn't doing anything about it. Okay. And then the third one was when uh, Ruby was banging the dead body. Yeah. And see, that what what the fuck was with that? I don't know. I have no idea. Because that, that's what I'll say. Like, she tried to go after Jesse and Jesse just wasn't having it. Um, and She so, wanted to be... Jesse's girl. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Rick's Nailed <Springfield>. it. <laughs> so she, like, she's a fucking makeup artist. She does fashion makeup, but also mortician's makeup. Yeah. Like, on dead bodies. Um, So she's in there doing makeup on some chick that was probably hot when she was alive. And then just takes the sheet off and starts going to town finger fucking the the corpse was she finger fucking the corpse was she fingering herself i don't know something but she was making out with the corpse regardless she spit into the corpse mouth to to lube it up oh man there was these three gay guys behind us and one of them was like (laughs) one of them was like oh my god It was the only time anyone in the theater spoke, which made it even more hilarious. <laughs> I was like that, probably around the same part, um, definitely the same scene. Like I'm in the back row by myself. Like there's a back row, and then like probably two or three rows in front of me with nobody in them, and then you know people kind of scattered throughout. And I'm just sitting there back there by myself. You know, I got my legs up on the seat in front of me, my arms crossed, just watching the screen, like. What the fuck? <laughs> and yeah. Like it takes a lot to gross me out or make me uncomfortable with a movie. But that was some pretty graphic um necrophilia. Yeah, it was. It was really really gross. It was. And yeah, it's just spitting into the corpse's mouth. I, I don't even know why. You know, um, and at that point, those are like the only boobs you see in the movie, too. So it's like, okay, so just at that point, yeah, yeah. just corpse boobs. That's all we're going to see. That's the only redeeming thing about this. My girlfriend was saying that this was like Nicholas Winding Refn's like fantasy that he just played out on the screen. (laughs) It almost seemed that way. Also, he put his name everywhere. He did. It was, 
yeah, he <laughs> like you said, it looked like a watermark. Yeah, during the opening credits, it says NWR underneath the opening credits, and it looked like a watermark, and I was worried it was going to be there the whole movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why this movie exists. It was so fucking bad. Everything about it was just shit. There was a, a point, I'd say it was probably about an hour and a half or so in, where I switched from when is something going to happen to when is this over. Yeah. I didn't even care anymore if anything happened. You know, that I did that actually earlier on, because like, my movie started at 7, and at 8 o'clock I was looking at my watch like, God damn it, how much fucking long does this have? You know, like I said, I was in the back row of myself, so I was just checking my phone. It's like, oh, God, this is a two-hour movie? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I found myself trying to check my watch as we were watching it. Because, you know, at first it was, okay, we're a half hour in, something needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're an hour in, something needs to happen. And yeah, like I said, then it just changed to, when is this fucking over? Yeah. It just, it, it turns into... It goes from just being fucking boring into being, like, torturous, almost. Yeah, like, the the biggest moment of the movie is when they kill Jesse. Yeah. And that's nowhere near the end. No. There's still probably another half hour after that. This serves no purpose whatsoever. What was Jenna Malone's black nipples? Okay, I was wondering, I was like, (laughs) are her nipples tattooed? I think they were. Okay. Because she had a lot of tattoos. Yeah. They were kind of unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's just a little black nipples. Yeah, that was weird. Why do people do that? I don't know. I've seen it before. It's gross. I don't know. People do things. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, But uh, Bella Heathcote. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Naked. Yeah, that happened. That's like the only redeeming part of this movie and Abby Lee hmm? and Abby Lee is that her name Abby Lee something yep uh yeah but you know showering together yeah covered in blood mm-hmm which that's not a thing of mine no <laughs> not into that but <laughs> you know it was there no yep. control beggars can't be choosers what I'm saying <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, right before they kill Jesse, when they're chasing her through the house, they're right outside the pool, and Jesse is walking alongside the pool, and Sarah is chasing her, walking, and like the whole length of the pool, they're both just walking, and I like visually in the theater threw my hands up, (laughs) and my girlfriend just looked at me and like laughed, and I'm like, one of you should fucking run. (laughs) You're not Michael Myers. (laughs) All you're doing is making this take longer. Unless they had like a lifeguard at the pool that was like, no running. <laughs> sure. Uh, man, fuck this movie. This was bad, and now I'm so fucking dreading Maniac Cop. Oh, God, I forgot about that. God, okay. Anything else? Uh, it's it's a beautiful movie. It really is. And, you know, I'll give Winding Refn all the credit in the world for making a visually stunning movie. But the story, the plot, the, it, even the acting is bad. Yeah. There's no other redeeming quality other than it looks nice and the soundtrack is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's that's basically this movie in a, in a neat little package. All sizzle, no steak. Yeah, and you know it, it's. I think we talked about this on the show that when they this showed at Can or Con, um, that uh, it, people were like booing it. Yeah, it was funny. It was before the the before we went into it, my girlfriend was saying. I don't get why people would want to stand up and scream at the th- at the screen. <laughs> and then when we left, she was like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen her that angry. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> We've been together four years. I've never gotten her that angry. <laughs> well, um, I guess if you, if Refn was trying to elicit some fucking... See, she she talked about that, too. She was like, I don't know, maybe this is what he wants me to feel, but I just don't feel like that's what he wanted was for me to be angry at the movie. Not the characters in the movie, but at the movie itself. I don't know. He's Dutch. It's some... Maybe he's got... (laughs) The Dutch. Dutch. Got some weird priorities, I guess. I guess. I don't fucking know. (laughs) So, numbers? Two. One. See, I can't give it a one because it does look so nice. I don't care. It doesn't make up for it. I'm, I'm, I'm counting. I'm factoring in the fact that I had to pay essentially twenty two dollars to see this movie. That's. That it, seems unfair. No, fuck it. I don't <laughs> care. If it was, if life was fair, then I would not be living in an apartment right now. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know. The only movie I've ever almost walked out of was Primeval. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this one, this one now joins the ranks. So, um, if so, I didn't have to watch this movie all the way through, and I hadn't just <laughs> paid twelve dollars to see it, uh, I probably would have left. But see, this this movie though, the thing about it, and it's similar with Primeval. Is you you have to keep watching because you're like, no, this can't be right. This can't be it. <laughs> Something has to happen eventually. When you're watching Primeval, you're like, no, there's no way this alligator is the the killer. <laughs> because the whole branding of Primeval <laughs> is the most dangerous serial killer in history. And he's killed X amount of people and he's still at large. That's it. Then you watch the movie and it's a fucking alligator. <laughs> well, it's just like murders in the room org. You find out it's a fucking orangutan. Oh. Of course, that's way funnier than an alligator. But does it happen in like the first half hour? No. Yeah. <laughs> the movie doesn't lead you to like, doesn't lead you anywhere to make you make it a twist that it's the alligator. <laughs> it tells you right off the bat that it's a fucking alligator. So you're watching it going, no. That's not no right. There's, there's got to be more. There's got to be something else. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did something similar to that with this fucking movie. Like, I waited until the credits were done to see if something else would happen. Oh, I looked up uh, aftercredits.com. I, I probably would have, but although during the credits they show Jesse like walking down a beach or something. Was that Jesse? I thought it was uh, Ruby. She no, was not, Ru- not Ruby. Um, Sarah. Oh. I don't know. I don't. I think they only showed her from behind. Yeah, they showed her from behind. So possible to tell. I, I thought it was Jesse. You know, some kind of considering she's the only one still alive in heaven or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't 
Oh, that's a shitty heaven. It was like a fucking desert. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was hell. Maybe. I don't know. This movie was bad. Yeah. I think this uh, movie deserved every bit of that one that I gave it. Um, like, I, w- I would give it a one for this for how bad the actual movie part of it is, but it does look very nice. It does look nice. Yes. But it was so bad. <laughs> And I'm so angry about it. So, yeah. Fuck this stupid goddamn movie. Don't see it. Don't see it. Like, this is not just me not recommending it. Hey, you know, if... Do it, not go see it. If when You it, have been warned. If when it comes out on VOD or Blu-ray or whatever, and a friend says, hey, I've got Neon Demon, you want to come over and watch punch it? Punch him in the head. Yeah. Just punch your friend right in the fucking head. Don't even... Don't wa- say a word. Don't even watch it for free. It's just, it's that bad. <sighs> now, now we got that out of our system. Let's move on. Uh, the second movie is a sequel to uh, Dead Rising Watchtower called Dead Rising Endgame. East Mission is now the most dangerous infected zone in the world. The army has stopped all evacuation efforts and sealed the city. We know that Phenotrans is responsible for the East Mission outbreak, but the U.S. Army covered it up. All we need now is the proof. Tell me you're getting this. He's seen this. Kill him. Get out of there now. The army, they just seize up whoever they want for test subjects. This is a huge story. Somebody needs to make sure it gets out. We're talking about roughly one and a half million people. Genocide. You want to accuse a general of murder. Yeah, I'm not going to put this program in the military crosshairs. They're abducting people. We need to go back in. You're the only one crazy enough to do it. Go. Friends don't let friends go through Z-Town alone. Here we go. We need to build some weapons. Watch your back. What, you guys start without me? Looks like the goddamn thing's evolved. Come on, we got to go! I'm planning on killing everyone. If push comes to shove, I will stand before the American people and explain why it was necessary. Destroy it. Destroy it all. I hate that I dragged you into this. Next time, let's just do dinner and a movie. Now, did you rewatch the first one? I did not. Me neither. I kind of wish I had. Me too, because I was real lost. Yeah, this this is one of those movies where you have to have seen the original, because yeah. they, they reference back to it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Characters that you just don't remember. Yeah. Uh, this is the continuing... Adventures of Chase, played by Jesse Metcalf. Yep, um, who is a TV reporter. It takes place two years after the first one. Uh, for the most part, things are somewhat back to normal, except for in this like one little quarantined area where the, all the zombies are. Uh, people have their their Zombrex chips that are supposed to last. What they say. 
two to three years or something. Did it say? Like, yeah. Okay, I don't remember. <clears throat> but it releases a controlled amount of Zombrex to pe- uh, keep people that are infected from turning. Uh, it turns out that all these chips have are connected to a, a government computer, and if they want to, they can just kill everyone that has a chip at once. Right. They call this project Afterlife, uh, and it turns out they're just they're going to do it because they w- they just want to get rid of the virus completely, just completely eradicate it from the planet, so they can just move on and repopulate and whatever. Yes. Uh, BioQuark or whatever the fuck. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the lab? Valtrex. Uh, Val, uh, Val, Val, Valtrex. <laughs> Ah, uh, fuck, I don't remember. BioQuark is the real one in Philadelphia that wants to make zombies. Oh, right. I forgot about them. Uh. Um, well, this this uh, pharma, big pharma company that actually, if you haven't seen the original, they're the ones that created the zombie virus in order to sell Zombrax. You trying to find it? Yeah. It starts with a V, I'm pretty sure. Valtrex. <laughs> um, yeah, so isn't they... That, isn't that for herpes? Uh, I don't know. Could be. Um, I don't know, I can't find it. Fuck it. Whatever. We'll just call it Valtrex. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they invented the zombie virus because they also invented Zombrex. So in order to sell Zombrex, they created this massive pandemic and the the CEO even says at one point in this movie that their biggest marketing tool is fear right and her and uh, Admiral Lyons played by Pedro Serrano Serrano, (laughs) uh, they're kind of at odds because obviously if they wipe out everyone that has the virus there's no more need for Zombrex and Valtrex would go out of business Right. And then there's beautiful Billy Zane. <laughs> Dr. Billy Zane. <laughs> Who looks like he's doing a Hunter S. Thompson impression. Kind of, but with a big mustache. Right. Uh, and he's... What is his deal? Like, Is he trying to cure people? Well, he's trying to find a cure, but apparently, like, the Valtrex people don't want him to. And he's also creating a new virus at the same time, which I think is that's what they want him to do. Because then, if they initiate Project After or After Birth, after, not After, after Birth, <laughs> After Life, uh, if they initiate Project After Life, they want to have a new virus that they can then initiate and start the whole process all over again. Mm-hmm. So he's creating this new one, which, guess what it does? It makes running zombies. Um, this is fucking Dead Rising. We don't do running zombies in Dead Rising. Right. Come on now. The way they did it is like I'm almost okay with because it's like it's a new virus and it's not you know this same virus, but it's 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 a virus that kills people and then they can run faster. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Well, I'm like this one was for the military or something, right? It was like it was developed as like. Like a weaponized version or the something. The new one? Yeah. 
or am I uh, remembering that wrong? I don't think so because I don't think the military knows about it. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Because it's something that Valtrex is making so that when they kill everyone that has the current virus, they can start selling new Zombrex. Right. And Zombrex doesn't work on this new virus they discovered. Yeah. Painfully. Um, what happened to a Megan Ori's character? Megan Ori. Crystal, apparently. From the first one? Yeah. I don't remember her. She was the heroine. The love interest. I thought Jordan was the love interest. No. She was just like the female that was just kind of there. Let's see. In the end, Chase and Crystal managed to survive and get out of the city. And Jordan managed to get Oh, okay. So I guess she just wasn't in this one. Okay. Never mind. They never really explain why? No. <laughs> All right. It says that her and Chase got out of the city. And then that's it. Anyway. They could have d- done some kind of like, remember when so-and-so. Yeah. Like or like Chase has a new girlfriend in this one. Um, Cassandra. Cassandra, right. Uh, I At first I thought. Who is very, very attractive. Yeah, she's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, played by Marie Avergopolopoulos. Yeah, you know one of them Greek names. She, I would not have pegged her as Greek. She's Canadian. Of course she is. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty much all Canadians in this. Anyway, anyways, and uh, Jesse also or, uh, Chase also uncovers that the military is doing human trafficking, which is how they're getting their. I guess they they must be on the new virus because they're trafficking the people in to be part of the experiment right this whole movie is very convoluted it is <laughs> and i didn't really realize that until now when i'm actually <laughs> well i'm sitting here watch like i'm watching the fucking thing and, like i'm paying attention to it but i feel like i'm not because it doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> like what did i look away and miss something because i don't know what the hell is going on I'm like, uh, yeah, now I'm confused because the military, they want to do this Project Afterlife so that they can completely eradicate the virus from the planet, but they're developing a new virus? I guess. I don't know. But they were at odds with Valtrex because Valtrex doesn't want them to do Afterlife so that they can continue selling Zombrex. But if there's a new virus, they could continue selling Zombrex. Although they said Zombrex, it was immune to Zombrex. So maybe that's the issue. Yeah. Because one of their crew gets bitten by one of these super zombies and uh, try like they inject him with Zombrex and it don't work. Yeah. Uh, Who apparently he was in the first one, but I don't really remember him. Me neither. I know he like that, that guy. He plays uh plays the uh, the police captain or chief or whatever on the Flash. So it was weird seeing him play this character <laughs> well in in the first one he's in the credits as hippie zombrax doctor <laughs> okay whereas in this one his name is garth and there, there's a point where he's like i owe you especially for that thing and i was like what what was the thing what was the thing 
Am I supposed to know what the thing was? Yeah, there's a few few parts where they reference back to things that happened in the first, and if you haven't seen the first, you have no idea. Or even if you have, apparently. Yeah. Um, no Frank West in this one. No. But there is Chuck Green. For like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you wouldn't know it to look at him. No. I was. He shows up, and I was like, where's the fucking yellow jacket? Right? He was wearing a leather jacket. Why couldn't you make it yellow? Yeah, it's some dildo in the first movie was wearing it. Yeah. Why couldn't you have this dildo wearing it? And even like they, they kind of make references to the game because he tells he's Chase thanks him for picking them up in his helicopter and mm-hmm. Ch- uh, uh, I already forgot the fucker's name. Chuck Green. Chuck. <laughs> he's he's like, I owe you one, especially after what you did for my daughter. Right. Which, you know, that's the whole plot of the second one is that he's trying to help his daughter. Yeah. There's also a point where uh, Sandra is talking about how she was infected and she has Zombrex chip. And she they ask her, when did it happen? She was like, uh, Fortune City, right. right after the first outbreak. Yeah. Or second outbreak. I think she says second outbreak. Yeah, yeah. Second outbreak, I guess, meaning um, Mission City. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not only did I wish I had watched the first one again in order to know what was happening in this one, but in so that I could compare it. Because, honestly, I can't say which one was better. I feel like the first one was funner. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, the plot in the first one... Like, I, don't, I feel like I didn't give the first one that high of rating... Um, I mean, I don't think I blew it apart or anything, but I don't think I was that impressed by it. But I do remember it at least being enjoyable to a degree. Um, you know, a cohesive plot. Yeah. Um, this one seemed to be lacking that. <laughs> um, did, was that same jack off from Leprechaun Origins involved in this one? Oh, I, you know, I meant to look that up. Pat Williams, that's not him, is it? No. So, looks like no. Okay. Um, Could that have been the problem? <laughs> you don't, you don't want to praise anybody who's involved with Leprechaun Origins, right? But, <laughs> um, I don't. Well, the directing in this one, uh, similar to what you said last episode about Crush the Skull, uh, get a fucking tripod. I, I guess I didn't really notice that I noticed it. It's every every shot is just like moving a little bit. <laughs> uh, let's see. Not enough for it to seem like it was a directorial decision, but just enough to be noticeable. Right. Well, it's definitely obnoxious. I'll give you that. I mean, I I personally didn't notice it, but I noticed it when, it, like, when like conversation shots when they would show one person then show the other person, and it was just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a little bit. It looked like you're watching uh, Law and Order or something. Yeah. <laughs> see. Yeah, I feel like the first one was, was funner. Um, this is written by the same person. Hmm. Interesting. This one, for most of it, is, is much more like action-adventure-y kind of, where it's about... 
like them battling the the military. That was something I wanted to mention, and I I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot. Like ninety percent of this movie had no fucking zombies in it. I don't know if it's that high of a number, but it's at least like the it. I would say the first two acts. Yeah, easily have minimal zombies. It, it was it was like watching a less socially conscious like, like a Jason Statham movie or something. <laughs> I was to say like it was it was it was like watching if George Romero did an action movie. Yeah. Because it was like get zombies in it but it was more there wasn't as much attention put on zombies as there should have been. And I guess I'm mainly referring to like newer Romero movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like I said, the last one, I guess I enjoyed it for what it was. This one, I just wasn't into it. I don't know. Um, there was, it had parts where I definitely like got sucked in and I would just, you know, anything else around me, I just kind of stopped and was just focused on. But uh, like mostly the, the scene where Billy Zane was trying to like describe his role. But part of that might have been because I was like, wait, what's he doing? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> Considering he's like billed as one of the top people and he's in it for 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Like the entire movie. I mean, I don't know why I was doing this, but the entire movie was like, where's Billy Zane? <laughs> They show him in the opening credits, like they they show like a flash of him. Yeah, and it almost made me think that he was in the last one, but he wasn't. Yeah. So they kind of like retconned a little bit. Yeah. Because like the ending of the first one, if I remember correctly, kind of made you think Jordan was dead. It. But in this, they're like, no, no, she was just missing. It left it open, but it was definitely leading towards to, dead. Yeah, yeah. Um. And of course, you had your requisite crafting scene where they built their their weapons. The weapons were, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, uh, Chase's weapon was fucking cool. That kind of axe. It's like an axe handle with a, a rotary blade on top, and then like a stabby on the bottom. Stabby. <laughs> yeah, it looked <laughs> That's like a technical term. <laughs> it looked like it had like a meat cleaver. And then, yeah, like a circular blade on top. Was there a meat cleaver on it? Yeah, because it had like it had the the blade on top, and then right below it, there was like a meat cleaver blade. Oh, so it kind of made like a like a long edge essentially. Um, and then yeah, some kind of spike at the bottom of it. Yeah. And then you had Sandra just had like a bat with nails in it. Pretty standard. Yeah. And the one guy had some kind of like pole with rotary blades around it. Yeah, it was like kind of like a like a mace, and it had like two spikes on the top of it. I was talking about the other guy, uh, Hancock. He had the like the big long pole, and then he just put two blades on top of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like it was, was kind of like a mace almost. Oh, cause, well, the other guy, Garth, had he had like a mace, like a nunchuck with a thing at the end. Like a flail, um, that's, that's more like a like a Morningstar. Technical 
weapon terms. I don't want to get into it. Basically, I'm talking about, like, uh, I'm referring to a mace as in, like, a stick with something heavy possibly spiked at the end. Oh, okay. So it was... I guess kind of like that, yeah. yeah. And a morning star usually is that, but with a chain in between it. Okay. So there, there, there's that. All right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, somewhat underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what I was expecting. Yeah. This one um, really seemed to kind of float under the radar at least from my perspective because it seemed like when when they when they announced they're going to do the first one it's like you know we knew about it like we, we reported it this on the show and we were kind of pumped up about it i remember being kind of confused when they said there it was going to be on crackle yeah <laughs> um as is this one yeah but then this one like it was kind of like they announced it and then there was nothing until it aired right it's like, yeah, we're, we're making. And even it then, it was one. never like a big deal. Yeah. Because like I opened my Crackle app and I expected it to be like the top thing because it's like you know it's Crackle exclusive. I expect, but it their top thing was uh, happy endings. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it was, which was a great show, but <laughs> it was just kind of weird that they wouldn't have their exclusive content be up top. Yeah, I mean, it, it was on mine. So I oh. mean, both I. I did it on both my Apple TV and my PlayStation. So, and it was kind of like pretty front and center on both of them. So, oh. um, but yeah, like, like you said, kind of all in all, just kind of underwhelming. And I don't know. Yeah. They do leave it open for another one. Um, of course. I don't know if that's in the cards or not. There was a third uh, game. Yeah. You had Nick Ramos in Los Perdidos, California. <laughs> right. And, you know, I mean, they're making a new game now. and Yeah. Back with Frank, Frank West. West. That's what I want to see. I want to see fucking Rob Brigham yeah, in action, man. I was disappointed that Frank West wasn't in this one. I don't give a fuck about this Jesse Metcalf guy. I don't care who he is. Yeah. It, the, the first one was really weird because it was almost like he uh, was playing Chase Chase Carter. I, I don't care about Jesse Metcalf. I don't know the guy, but <laughs> Chase Carter, I don't care about him. It almost seemed like he was playing Frank West. It seemed that way. Cause but then they had Frank West in the movie. Yeah, because he's he's a journalist. Sort yeah, of. he was a photojournalist. Was he a photojournalist? Yeah. We're talking about Chase. No, we're talking about Frank. I was talking about Chase. Oh, but. He, um, but yeah, you're right. Frank was a photojournalist, but Chase was a, a a blogger. Like he didn't work for like a legit news source in the first one. In this one, he does. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, that's one thing I do remember. Anyway, uh, in case you're curious, we both gave the original a five. Did we? Okay. Yeah. So I think with that in mind, I, I'll give this a four. It's not bad by any means, but it's just, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. But it's not as good as the first one, I don't think. I think the first one's a little more cohesive. Sure. Um, and like I said, I think it's funner. 
which the games are fun. They're they're you know they don't take themselves too seriously as far as the zombie genre goes. That's something I think that um, a lot or like both of the movies didn't spend enough time on is drawing inspiration from the games. Sure, they had the they had the weapons creation scenes, um, and you know they had the zombies, and they had Frank West in the first one, um, and Chuck Green in this one, and Chuck Green, yeah. But aside from that, like the source material was pretty much not there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reading here that uh, IGN gave it a six six point seven out of ten. This movie? Yeah. Said uh, Endgame strays further from its source material than the previous film. Truth, uh, but is also superior superior in terms of quality. No, I don't think so. But IGN writes bad reviews. So uh, <laughs> I'll just get that out there. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, so you said four. Um, I don't I don't think it was that much worse than the original for me to dock at points. And, I mean, even if I were, I'd say the fact that it's, like, if you have something that has, like, streaming media, or even if you have a computer or a smartphone, you can watch this absolutely free. Yeah. So that's that's something. So I, I think I'll just say five. See, honestly, if, if I hadn't given the original a five, I think five would have been my rating for this one as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm looking at it as this movie is not as good as the first, in my opinion. Yeah. So I feel... Like, I can't give it the same rating. Sure. And, like, I, I agree with you. It just wasn't as good as the first one. But I don't think it was... I don't I don't think it was bad enough to completely dock at a point. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'll go four and a half. <laughs> okay. I know... It, you hate when I do that, but you fucking but, but it's your fault because you just convinced me that it's not worth talking a full <laughs> point. So, all right, well, I guess that's gonna do it for us here, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's run to play plot holes or something. No. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll be back again in a couple weeks, unless you know, I don't know, maybe the world ends. Who knows? Shit happens. Stranger things have happened. Um, or unless Tony has to have the rest of his teeth pulled out or something. Right. You know, like, yeah, I have a, an appointment again on the 14th, and I don't know what's going to happen. I may have to do this whole thing over again. <laughs> In fact, I think if he wants to pull the rest of my wisdom teeth, I'm just going to say, you know what? We're going to wait a couple months because I need to recover. <laughs> Like I said, I, I think you should just get them all pulled out and just get metal teeth like Jaws from 007. Yeah, and like I said, I would love to do that. I just don't think my wife would like it. She's out of town. <laughs> she, she don't gots to know. I think my main thing is I just I don't want to be in pain for a while. So I'm going to, once this heals up, I'm just going to enjoy the pain-free life for <laughs> a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, back in a couple weeks where we will be reviewing what? Uh, Intruder, the newest one from Travis Zarooney. 
uh, as well as the latest from Mickey Keating, Carnage Park. Right. Gonna give him another shot. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard some good things about it so far, so we'll see. Yeah. It's got uh, Pat Healy in it. I like him. Oh, does it? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, I do like him. Uh, yeah, so we'll catch you again in a couple weeks. Until then, you can check us out where? At graveplotpodcast.com. <laughs> uh, also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever social network you choose. We're also now a part of smarkson.com. So you can also find us there if you wish. Right. Not exclusively horror things there, but... No, it's kind of a uh, news and entertainment all-purpose blog, but we are a part of that. Um, Tony and I both are going to be writing articles for there, and then we'll also be be cross-posting the episodes there. Sure. Uh, So, yeah, we'll catch you again when we have a new episode. Until then, I am Scale Tony. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Come on.